Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome back to Vampire the Masquerade, Twin Cities by Night. Homecoming is our second story arc that takes place in the spring of 2010 and then Twin Cities in Minnesota. Follow the story of Ophelia, a Toreador played by Alex, Jonathan, a Venture played by David, Katow, a Gangrel played by Joaquin, and William, a Venture played by Slavic, as they once again find themselves working together to find out who, or what, is targeting them and those close to them. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach out to us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. You spent three hours with William. You're sitting there um, exhausted from using contacts that you know, fine, doing, doing yeah. the, the magic that you do. And you're kind of sitting in your apartment right now, just uh, almost like staring out of your expensive window of your expensive apartment, looking down on the Missouri River as it, or the Minnesota River as it passes by. Lights are kind of dim. You have uh, actual, you're sitting in a kind of like a, you have two love seats and a couch. Mm-hmm. Both the love seats kind of face the window. You have like the wet bar next to the one that you're at where you got that concoction you made for your favorite ghoul in the whole wide world. And as you're sitting there looking out the window, out of the corner of your eyes, you catch another figure sitting in the chair next to you, looking straight at you. Who are you? And you, as you turn around and look, because it's kind of hard to make out in the darkness, you hear a voice coming, a female voice saying, relax, William, there's nothing to be worried about. I'm just simply here to talk. Trust me, if I wanted you to be dead, you'd been dead by now. Who are you? And then as you're making out, you look and you see a hand go out towards the lantern that's by there turned on, and you see Kimberly Harris sitting there. Shit. Looking at you. Oh, man. <laughs> She's wearing like gray charcoal suit that she has on, similar to one. She's sitting there uh, looking at you. Her skin is almost like uh, ashen color. While you're noticing, because there's like a, like a five-second pause, man, we're just like tension you could just feel it right yeah and you're sitting looking at her and inside you uh, it's not supernatural in nature but inside you you start feeling like a like a oh my god she's not even fucking blinking like you you, yeah. you know she is not even trying to put on a facade so she's sitting there looking at you and she's like it's all right william i'm just here to talk well, we're talking right now aren't we yes i want to know something about you william prepare the rest of your group since I've started noticing you for, why do you, on one hand, put up this facade of wealth, whatever, and yet another side of you continues to go to mass and confession, seeking forgiveness from some spiritual power? I'm not sure I'm ready to answer that to someone I haven't talked to ever before. Well, I can, I can understand that, I suppose. I think it's childish, and it is how I would expect a toddler to to act and in a way you're a toddler of our kind so i won't hold that against you i find it curious that you cling to something that has no matter in the world and on the other you cling to something that you have no ideal real idea about that you have no real perception on do you, do you think there's a god out there that is going to forgive you or that there's something greater or unexplained out there that you don't know there has to be why why is that what would be the point otherwise of anything. So deep inside, this isn't what's important, right? And she just kind of motions to like your apartment. 
I suppose. And that there's something out there almost, and she moves her right hand like uh, something beyond this thin veal of ours. And it could be God, or it could be him forgiving you, or it could be the angels watching over us. That's one way you want to look at it. Why do you hope that's the case? Well, I suppose I believe uh, in hope, as silly as it may sound for one of our kind. You, you, you want hope, but yet you have hope of something better after this life. You want hope, Grinding. but then you make a mortal suffer and you addict him to your vitae and you, you make him, you take a degenerate who probably 10 years from now in a blink of my eyes will be dead. And yet you make him suffer longer for your own personal gain. That's why I'm so interested by you. I'm, I'm frankly interested by your whole group. Well, I was asleep and you all kind of helped wake me up. What do you mean by that? What if I was to tell you, William, and look past these, these horrible stereotypes and these uninformed stereotypes what if I told you that there was a there was an ocean, for lack of a better term, primordial ocean, let's say, where everything springs from creation, everything. I don't know if it's God. I don't know what it is, but it's there. All this, us, what we are, all that you don't know about, but soon you will. Let's say it all springs from this ocean, right? Okay. Here, and she motions out to the city, currents of that ocean exist that holds things around here. Mm-hmm. Things that you're not even aware of that you just caught slight glimpses of. I know everything about you four. I know I saw when you were embraced. I saw when you came upon that group. I even know that you're hiding the Katifs that I am telling people I want to kill. I frankly do not care about them. What I want and what I'm doing that for is because I want you four to open your eyes. And I'm going to do that through you, William. Open my eyes you- to this great primordial ocean yes to what's going on and if you have already caught a glimpse of it but yet you turn yourself away you turn your face away you act that, what do you that mean i caught a glimpse of it you've seen glimpses of it you tell me right now william the first time that you felt unease and you decide to ignore the unknown think about it you mean the tremere that's one instance right but yet you try to rationalize it in your head matter of fact you had the conversation with someone the other night Right? And you ignored it. You decided to rationalize it in your head. You decided to play games that, frankly, are beneath our kind with narcotics and vices of people. Simply to ignore what you are. Well, from my perspective, well, supernatural powers do obviously exist, or we wouldn't be here. Most phenomena can be explained by non-supernatural means, or simply using the most simple way to explain things. Things were so simple, William. Why would you be working so hard to ignore them? Am I working so hard to ignore them? To me, it seems you are. I just watched you for the last three hours try to affect someone by their finances. I see you looking out this window here thinking that this is a blanket of comfort that will protect you from the real feelings that you still are latching on to from your father. I know everything about you. I've been watching you for the whole time. You guys are causing ripples in the ocean that are going to cause change, and change is what needs to happen. Do you know how many forces in this city right now fighting for control of that? I don't even know what it is, though. And that's the funny thing about it. They all call it one thing or another. Or they all think it's one thing or another. And they all and it all corrupts, though. And the city is corrupting that ocean. It's corrupting creation. Yeah, I'll just, you know, uh, my figures in my eyes and just, oh, uh, you need to be more concrete. What are you talking about? It's just, you're talking. I'm in- talking about there's a reality beyond what you know, William. And I'm telling you that you can see it. 
Now I'm telling you, your group is affecting it. Now I'm telling you that there's forces in the city that are trying to tap into it. And in doing that, they are ruining what the city used to be and the paradise that what it was. I thought to escape it. I was tired. I was, I wanted to sleep. I was like you, William. Say that I tried I to hide so. it. I don't. Yes. But say that if I will. What do you want from me? What do I what want? What do you want you? me to do about this sea? First, I'm going to open your eyes, and you are going to see, and then you're going to watch, William, because I am the resp- I am the person who's responsible for those four that are enlightening you guys, that are testing you, and that are going to open all of your eyes. Right now, two of your kind, two of your group are going to investigate, and they're probably going to find answers right now, and you're not going to say a single thing until they get the answers. And when the moment's right, then you can speak upon them. But understand, William, is that this is all for the greater good. Or... No, no, she's just talking to you right now. <laughs> okay. And I know in your head right now, you feel like you're afraid, and you want to right now probably tell them and warn them. But no harm's going to come to them right now. Just understand that you're going to be doing the greater good for them. You're going to help make them understand too, William. And you're going to lead them down the right path. And you're going to stop the things in the city that need to be stopped. And those four that have been doing those things to you, and I hope you can see past person of yours who was killed that you simply treat like cattle, even though you try to explain it and try to rationalize it by acting like there's some emotional connection to them, the price is worth it. Do you understand what I'm telling you? I I don't think so. Oh, you will. You will, William. What is your perception plus self-control? Me? Oh, perception three and self-control four, so seven. Out of character. It's not bad. I'm not like forcing you against your way. This is all... the. First of all, I'm not the type of storyteller who's like, I'm going to dominate you and make you attack people. None of that shit. So this isn't bad. This is all to progress the story, right, William? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I did right now was Dementation 2, uh, the haunting. So I'm going to read the description of it, all right, for those watching and, and other players. The vampire may stir sensory center of his victim's brain, flooding the victim's senses with vision, sound, sense, or feelings that aren't really there. Uh, the images, regardless of uh, the sense to which they appeal, are only fleeting glimpses barely perceptible to the victim. The vampire uses dementation control, cannot cannot control what the victim perceives, but may choose what sense is affected. The haunting effects occur mainly when the victim is alone and mostly at night. Uh, they may take the form of the subject's repressed fears, guilty memories, or anything else the storyteller finds dramatically appropriate. The effects are never pleasant or unobstructive, however. Oh, the, the facts are never pleasant or unobstructive, however. Storyteller should let her imagination run wild when dealing with the sensory impression the victim may well feel uh, as if she is going mad or as if the world is. And we're going to go for the later, the world is going mad, right? Since she got uh, six plus successes, here, this is going to affect William for one year. Oh, God. So basically what happened right there is that and we're going to be creative with this. All right. So what I am trying to get her to do is when she is convincing you and the, and the best way I could explain it, if we were to tear down this reality, right? Like right next to you, mm-hmm. it, like wallpaper and you're to tear that wallpaper down and look beyond, it would almost be like complete darkness, but like an ocean that you can kind of make out with slight waves. You know what I mean? Just like pure mm-hmm. abyss almost, you know? And from there, there's power that could be tapped in whatever and it's especially here it's more corrupt than anywhere else where usually it's a force of creation here it's tainted in the twin cities area so we're gonna have it whenever you like you know as a kid did you ever do it as a kid where like you look real quick like like from the like move your eyes real quick and look and think you'd catch something that isn't there you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like almost yeah that's how you're noticing it especially at night like and we're gonna say the, the the senses 
that are affected are your sight. So you may see, like, think you look mm-hmm. over there and you see, like, fabric, the fabric ripped of reality and see, like, blackness or see, like, some kind of ocean thing mm-hmm. or whatever. One other thing that she told you, too, to reiterate that the whole Katif, Katif thing's a front. She threw that one. It was just a sacrificial lamb to get the point across. She embraced the four to fucking awaken you four, to kind of bring out what needs to be brought out in you four in her own way so that you guys can be more enlightened of what's going on and, and the fucked up shit that's going on in the city and realize that there is something like really greater than the minor shit that you guys are trying to cling to. This is her theme. She thinks that there's something out there. She thinks it's been corrupted. She knows she didn't say names of who's like t- tipping into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But she thinks you guys can somehow, not in a superhero, so you guys aren't like in D&D, but she feels that you are the unknown that could be thrown in there to, to, to fucking shake things up. Mm-hmm. She gets up before she leaves and you're kind of sit there like William. You're kind of like, yeah. just not like paralyzed against your will, but just it's sensory overload. And she kind of like grabs the side of your head and she like kind of like comes within an inch of you and she's like your forehead and then just walks off. And you're left in this dark room, scared shitless, seeing things out of your and I'll let you if you want to get creative and be like, This is what William's seeing right now, yeah. you know what I mean? This is what he's dealing with. Run with it, man. All right. Because yeah, this okay. is an open invitation to you. So the lights are uh lights are off, so yeah. he's sort of, you know, looking over his shoulder, always not quite like almost seeing it, but yeah, yeah. not there. <laughs> and and he's just trying to uh, quickly turn the lights on, you know, make the darkness go away, so to speak. Exactly. There and you go. after he turns it on, it's still there. That's you know? <laughs> like some mouth of it's still there. <laughs> you know, that's a good thing too. And maybe it can even drive you to be like more like fuck. I want to. You know what I mean? Like, what is this shit? Why, like there's some great something greater than all of yeah. us out there. I so. think I'll I'll pick up my phone and I'll call I guess Ophelia. Okay. I um well never mind. I'll you know, hang up. I'll look at my phone like puzzled for a second and look at look at Jonathan while he's driving and be like, That was a that was William, but he didn't really have much to say. Sounds normal. Now we'll go to William and our uh, Ophelia and Dave. You guys are driving to yeah, Twin Cities Mental health. health Specialist is by a hospital that Dave is by St. Mary's Hospital. It's kind of like part of the same facility. This is where way back in session one, Catal uh, and William fucking went and talked to the, the mortuary worker. The mortuary guy. And then fucking Dave went in there and fucking FBI agent Callan is fucking showed his first. So you guys are heading uh, over there. Scenes on you guys. Get out of the car and shut okay? the door. Oh, sorry. You, you seem a little preoccupied. Well, I saw my friend Brian blow his brains out, and now I don't know what the hell's going on with Star, but it seems like she's killed bugs, and then she's called me up and seems to be in some kind of danger. I'm just a bit shook, but I'll be okay. Don't get hung up on the little shit. Exactly. I just want to focus on this and take my mind off it. So let's do this. Yeah, so this place is actually kind of like a, when you think of like state of the art, modern, like uh, uh, mental facilities, this isn't like Arkham Asylum or fucking, you know what I mean? Like lightning's in the background and there's gargoyles on there. This is a, actually a modern day architecture, really nice fucking upkept. Uh, it looks like it has like three stories, you know, a lot of glass because that's like the new fucking fad when it comes to architecture, it seems like in the last 10 years or 20 years. But again, real good 
green front area with like kind of hills, little areas with like benches, gazelle. What do they call those? Uh, gazebos. You know what I mean? Yeah. So people can go and sit and everything like that. It has, actually kind of has a really nice view of the Mississippi River, you know, where people can sit out there if they want to. You guys uh, pull up in the parking lot. Obviously, there's not a lot of cars, but there are some people. There are some cars there. You can kind of see on the on the top level there are lights on. So there may be like uh, um, people there who need to get, uh, you know, treatment for what do they call it in, in care treatment or whatever for whatever they're dealing with. But uh, you see, as you walk up to the front doors, and I'm sure you're going to have like supervision too, like 72 hour supervision for God. I forget what the, like, the name of the code is. Uh, yeah. For like the suicidal people or whatever, like when police arrest them and everything. Yeah. Stuff yeah. like that. So you see, as you come up on the, front there's obviously uh like a desk and they have like you know paid security there and shit like that you know and they don't obviously show the orderlies or anything like right when you walk in because they want to give like a warm feeling to the entrance for people who are going there to get help or they don't want to be like hey look at these are orderlies and you know stuff like that so uh and, and, and yeah. so it seems like a a, a place a very clean professionally ran place like that so and and, and i'll right, be carrying my uh cup of uh, Starbucks. You guys uh, walk in. You see, there's two security guards. One's an African American guy. The other's a Native American guy. Clean cut. It's kind of. It's around yeah. uh, seven in the evening. I'm gonna show. Flip open my badge, and um, I need to speak with. And I'm sure we have the name of that that bitch, right? No, you you guys don't have any name. Any name of the, a doctor? You just know that they. What's his name? Had letters to come here to look at here. Chris uh, Melkin, and you know that Brian Moore was was seen here, was going here for, or had phone calls here. So, so there's no name yet. Okay, Brian Moore's a reporter. Um, yeah, I need to speak with the um, individual in charge on duty right now. Give me one second here. Up, I mean, you see him pick up the phone, Dow. Yes, yes. Uh, yep, yep. Can can have Doctor Williams come down here, please? Yeah, we we have some two uh, agents here talking. So. Yeah, I, I don't know what this entails, but definitely I would say it's probably important to get him down here. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah, he'll be down in a couple minutes. Is that okay? You guys can have a seat over there if you want. I'll stand. Okay. I shall also stand. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. And, you see and I'll, I'll, sit I'll, I'll stare at him the whole time. Yeah, you, and as a Native American you were talking to, you see him, he goes to the black guy. They're like talking, you just kind of see them looking because it's not every day an FBI agent comes and asks to talk to someone here. So they're just kind of like, this is weird. Like little, like there's two, you two are staring at them and they're like, obviously talking about you guys. Just wondering what's going on. You hear elevator ding kind of like behind their desk opening up and you see a guy come walking out. He's uh, wearing like tan, tan docker slacks, you know, some brown uh, leather shoes and he has a navy blue sweater on over and he comes walking up. Has a little badge that says, you know, Dr. David Williams, and he, and he comes up in gray hair, kind of slicked back, and, and he's walking towards you guys. And he's like, uh, I believe that you were looking to talk to me? That would be correct. Um, I have understanding that a what, – what's that asshole's name? Christopher Merkin is the rapist. Dude. Merkins. Yeah, we, we need all the records that you have for Merkins, Christopher Merkins. Well, there's, there's HIPAA laws. I just can't hand it out. Do you guys have a warrant or anything like that? Well, I can take you down to the um, – police department and they can fill out everything you want to know why you're protecting a murderer and a rapist. So we, it, you're, you're under obligation to share any and all information with us. If it could potentially lead to the endangerment of, of innocent lives, which in this case it does. 
So unfortunately, I'm going to have to ask you to assist us with all expedience in this matter before it leads to additional lives being lost. Well, first, I, I am not the uh, the care provider for this Christopher Merkin. You're probably might be another associate of mine who works here. And again, I just can't give out their information without HIPAA. And I'm sure if his treatment provider felt that he was a threat, that they would have followed the proper uh, measures, I guess, to, to go forward with it. So, okay, so give me that, that individual's name. HIPAA information also. I can't no, even really acknowledge if you've... Actually, I think you can completely give me the information of the person that's responsible for his care. Again, that's HIPAA, but you want to do a role? We could do a role where you can kind of like try to, you know, throw some law shit at him and, and, and he can try to. Let's do that. All right, cool. We'll do, uh, you do a manipulation and law and he'll do a perception and law. So with him, that's five because he's really perceptive because he's a shrink, but he only has one dot in law, you know? <laughs> okay. And I'm going to use my, my voice. Obviously, to oh, be yeah, as precise as so, possible. Yeah, it's difficulty six for him. Uh, yeah, six for him and four for you. You got two successes. Oh, three oh, successes. Ophelia, you're standing there as Dave is just like rattling off federal code, blah, 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 blah. And the guy's like... And, uh, and making and up first, <laughs> in there, too. Yeah, <laughs> like, at, at, first, at first, the guy's giving like a little bit of fight back. And then after a while, you just see he's like, okay, I'm losing this battle. You know what I mean? Well, I'll, yeah. I'll Subsection be- C, paragraph five of the statute <laughs> states that I can't give you the information here, obviously, but if you'd like to come to my office, I, I can look it up. Absolutely. All right, yeah, yeah. Please follow me. And he kind of takes you to the elevator, and you see him hit floor two. Floor opens up, and you kind of see there's hallways with like office doors, and they have different doctors' names on there and shit like that, you know. And he, he walks into his door; it's open. You see like little plants and bookshelves with like books and different you know any medical stuff and and, and just kind of cluttered yeah, a little yeah. bit he sits there comes up upon his computer and he's like go right so uh what was the gentleman's name again christopher merkins merkins markins and he's there typing in ways like all right uh so what, what do you, you want to know his care provider um i'm gonna look into his eyes and go you know it's oh. really late at night and i can see that you are so tired Maybe you should take a nap. <laughs> All right, so I'd say yeah. like difficulty five with your enchanting voice. So he's got a willpower of seven. Uh, no, he has a willpower of five, and I'm saying difficulty three with. Okay. It's difficulty three for you. Yeah. Dominate command is going to be manipulation, intimidation. So I'm going to have seven dice. I've got three successes. He's like, yeah, nap would be good. And he just kind of sits back. And he's out in his chair, you know. I'm gonna roll him back gently, and then I'm gonna get in and start pulling up all the information on Merkins. All right. Is there anyone else Are in you... the room except for the sleeping guy? No, no, because it's evening time, and he's sure, probably the uh, he's the on call doctor in case any of the you know the patients upstairs you know are. I'm just gonna, say to, I'm just gonna say to Jonathan. All right, while you do that, I'm just gonna take the make the most of this opportunity. I'm gonna start feeding on him. I'm going to look at her like a little bit of surprise and just kind of ignore it. Yeah. What, what's your blood pool at right now? I'm only on four, so that's why I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of making the most of the opportunity because it's like, yeah. shit, you know, I need to feed. I can't, I'm not passing this one up. Three? Okay, so you got seven. So we're in this office. Yeah. Does he have any like syringes or medical supplies laying around? Uh, no, not in his <laughs> office, no. Gotcha, sure. It'd probably uh, be upstairs or, you know what I mean? This is just a shrink's office. Right. That's what this is. Gotcha. Uh, you see, 
see a bunch of books and shit like that, but that's about it. So, all right, uh, you are in the computer. Uh, what are you trying to look for? Everything on this guy. So you're able, you uh, look and you're able to find a patient file for him. So, yeah. All right, I'm going to print it out. All right. All of it. Take a look at it and read this shit. What, what do they got? Who's this guy been seeing? When was the last time you'd yeah. seen somebody? What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you an overview of what it says, and then if I if you want something more, you you can ask, and I'll tell you if it's in there or not. Quick overview: Basically, he first did time in prison for inappropriate sexual relations with a minor when he was like 19 with a, like a 14 year old. Then he did he did time for that. Got out of uh, in prison. When he was in prison, he actually got charged a couple times for sexual assault while in prison. Got out. Yeah, became uh to actual rape. Went back in, did about 10 years, came out, and he was on court-ordered. Basically, he had to go to court-ordered therapy. He uh, actually was starting the process of being chemically castrated. Yeah, he was on his second treatment of like five until he just stopped showing up last week. Uh, he's only been out of prison for like a month when all this started. And uh, his care provider's name is Brendan Peters. All right, let's uh, get the personal information for his caretaker. Uh, okay, yeah, uh, Brendan Peters is on staff. You have an address for him. Uh, that's is kind of in the tonight? suburbs. Nope, not working tonight, but he uh, hasn't shown up for work, though, for like uh, uh, about two weeks. Imagine. Been able to that. contact him and everything. All right, let's go. I'll write down his address. Okay. Well, we're meant to be looking for Brian Moore's. Yeah, you do find a file for Brian Moore, actually. And you do find that he was actually going here, cognitive, cognitive placement therapy for uh, PTSD issues that he had while serving in the Marine Corps in Iraq, that he was going to the VA, but he wasn't getting uh, what he felt was adequate treatment. So he uh, was trying this uh, CP- CPT therapy. So that's what he was uh, he was looking for there, or that's what he was doing there. And his treatment provider was uh, Brendan Peters. Same guy. All right. Same guy. Like, he thought close you were out the- everything and leave it on the desktop. Like, yeah. His, yeah. his desktop <laughs> was opened up. All right, thank you on a sticky note and put it on his forehead. Let's go. <laughs> Messing with the shrink's head. All right, so we'll say at this time you're all caught up on the same <laughs> timeline. Been in your apartment, like, trying to control your freak out. Again, you can run with it however you feel. Uh, even if you want to slip into, like, normal interactions or, you know what I mean, or the way you interpret shit. Yeah. This is just my open invitation to you to be like, welcome to the Twilight Zone, man. Well, the first thing I'm going to be doing, I guess, is I'm going to be compulsively opening doors. <laughs> like, uh, trying to look into there, like, where is this C? Is it here? Or what? what's happening, you know? Like, okay, so that says one sense. But I would love to really throw a storyteller. I would like to make it vision and hearing. You know, so, like, maybe okay. you can kind of hear, like, a slight, like, uh, a wave a little bit, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like water, you know what I'm saying? A little bit or something to that extent to add to the, to, to the, the anxiety that you're feeling, you know, like you open the door, but then out of the, like your left ear, you kind of hear like a little slight wave crashing and you're like, what the fuck? And you see a shadow and shit like that, you know? Yeah. I think in a sudden moment of clarity, I think I'll want to contact Cynthia. Okay. Do you have Cynthia's number, or the, uh, the I only way you? So. I think I'll call Ophelia. Yeah, exactly. All right, Ophelia, your phone rings. Uh, hello. Uh, uh, hey, hey, Ophelia, you got Cynthia there somewhere? I'm actually out at the moment. She's back at Jonathan's. Uh, great. Could you give me a number? Sure. I'll uh, I'll pass the number over. 
could you repeat that? I couldn't hear it. It was something. Sorry. I'll give I'll give him the number of it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. All right, cool. So you got the phone number. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'll I'll call her definitely. Hello, Cynthia, is it? Yeah, yeah. Who's this? Uh, this is William. You know. Uh, what? What uh, are you? Is Ophelia with you? No, 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 no. She isn't. Uh, she actually gave me this number. Uh, I just want to ask you something. Oh. How do you deal with this? Deal with what? With all all these senses during, uh, you know, uh, when you have your visions or you know when you see things. Heroin, like uh, that that drugs, but it doesn't really. Wait, why are you asking? Do you need to talk? You sound like something's wrong. No, no. Do you want to come over here? Because Ophelia, I think, is angry at me. And if you could give me advice, I could give you advice. If you want to come over here to John's house, Carlos is just kind of like sitting at the table by himself. <laughs> Do you want to come over here and talk? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I can drive. I don't know. You sound like you're tripping out a little bit. Listen to me. Go get some fresh air. Be around people and lights. Just come over here if you can. Call a cab if you have to, okay? Um, okay. All right. You basically notice this when you kind of get into the hallway, and you're at first you're kind of like, oh, I'm hearing it. But then when you get around people, it kind of zeroes in a little bit. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? It doesn't have such an impact on you, you know? But when you're, then, but when you're around people, then it leaves your head to start going, like, what is it? What is that that I'm hearing? You know what I mean? Like, it's not a fear thing because you're not alone with it anymore. You know what I mean? But it sparks like a sense of curiosity in a way. Hello, folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts, or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called Weight Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there.